want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for all you have in store for us. Father God, we pray that you speak your word to each and everyone watching, each and everyone listening. May none leave the same, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may everyone learn more and know more about Jesus Christ. And the saints said, Amen. So God has been speaking to you and I about a very important topic. What is the message God has for you and I? How to be close to God? How can you and I be close to God? The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. No respecter of persons. Meaning that if he did certain things for some people, he would also be able to do those same things for you and I. Rather, whatever those people did to get God's favor, you and I can get God's favor by doing the same things. Amen. So it just means that if people like uh, 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 David the king, were uh, uh, David, Abraham, they were all close to God because of certain things they did. It means that when you and I do those things, we will be close to God. And we talked about the fact that Jesus had 70 disciples, sent 70 disciples, had many disciples, then he chose 12. 12 to be with him so that he could send them forth. So Jesus chose the 12 apostles Number one, to first be with him. Number two, to send them forth to preach. So these were the reasons. But you realize that it was first to be with him, to accompany him. He needed people. He needed companions who would accompany him. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says out of the three, out of the twelve, God separated three to be very close to him. And these three were Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John were so close to, to Jesus Christ or to God that it showed us that it wasn't only David the king who would be, who'd be close to God, but you could have people. And then you see different people uh, uh, that have come to, uh, who have come to live this life throughout the years who have been very close to God, who have spoken to God. Look at Moses. The Bible says that there's no prophet like Moses who God spoke to mouth to mouth as a man speaker to a friend. So it shows that if God could speak to Moses that way under the old dispensation, how much more now under this new dispensation? It means that I can be very close to God. So we began to talk about certain people. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 6, let's look at Hebrews 6.12. The Bible says in Hebrews 6.12 that we should be imitators. We should be followers, imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. So those people who were able to inherit the promises through faith and patience, we must follow them. We mustn't be lazy, but we must follow their example. So we are following the example of David the king. So we began to talk about David the king because everyone knows. The Bible says it very clearly that, that David was a man after God's own heart who fulfilled all God's will for him. So it means that we can use David as a standard. We can use David the king because we are talking about how to be close to God, how to get close to God. And the Bible also says that the, the, my nearness to God is for my good. The closer I am to God, the better life is for me. The better things are for me. So David the king was the example, and we began to talk about certain things we can do to be close to God. And we said that the first thing we can do 
is to be worshippers, to be people who worship God. We are not just talking about uh, 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 just singing a song, but we are talking about living a life of worship and then singing to God. David was a worshiper of God, not just by singing. Even though David wrote a lot of the Psalms, David was a worshiper of God because he lived a life of worship. He lived a life that glorified God. He lived a life that honored God. And he found every opportunity David the king got to honor God, David took it. So long as there's an opportunity, whether it is for, 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 for uh, buying at a price, the land that was going to be used for the temple, whatever it was, David honored God with his life. And because he honored God with his life, God blessed him. And he became a true worshiper of God. Hallelujah. He sang songs like, As the deer panted for the water, creating me a clean heart. After he had sinned against God, he just cried to God and said, Creating me a clean heart. My heart is not clean. Creating me a clean heart. Hallelujah. And then he also talked about the fact that, look, one thing have I desired of God, and that thing I have desired of God is what I will seek after, that I may dwell in God's house all the days of my life, to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple or to be a person of prayer. And that was David the king. David also was someone who could praise God in every situation. No matter the problem, no matter the situation, you will find David the king praising God or encouraging himself in the Lord. Hallelujah. We all know the story of David the king who had to encourage himself in the Lord because his, 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 his family members, his, he and his men went out to war. When they came back, the, the enemy had taken his wives, taken his children, taken he and his men's uh, goods, everything. So they were very sad and they were angry. David was discouraged. His uh, 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 men were, or women were also discouraged. The men of war were discouraged, very, very discouraged. And they even wanted to stone him. But the Bible says that there was no one to encourage David. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. That is the kind of person we are talking about. We also talked about the fact that worship and praise. When you worship God, God comes down. You see, as praises go up, the glory comes down. God who inhabits the praises of Israel. If God inhabits the praises of Israel, and the Bible says that you and I are the Israel of God, then it means that God inhabits our praises. Galatians says that we are the Israel of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. So praise and worship. And we also talk about the fact that you can praise yourself into victory. You can pray amiss, but you can't praise amiss. There are certain times that it will only take praise and worship. We talked about Jehoshaphat. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 from verse uh, uh, 1 onwards. And it talks about the fact that the enemy has surrounded Israel. To destroy Israel. So Jehoshaphat the king prayed and proclaimed a fast before all Israel. Proclaimed a fast that look, this is a very important time. We need to fast and pray before God. Otherwise, we will be annihilated. We will be wiped off from the face of the earth. So they prayed to God and said, God, you didn't let us wipe them out. You let us preserve them. And now look at how they are rewarding us to cast us out of thy possession. The possession you've given to us, you, they want to cast us out, but see, hear us and deliver us. So the Bible says that they decided to 
follow what Jehaziel the prophet said, the prophet prophesied, and said that the battle is not for them but for God, but for God. And God was going to deliver them. They did not need to fight that battle. So what they did was they appointed singers and praises. People who would praise the Lord. I believe that's verse 21. People who would praise the Lord. So, so, and when they had consulted, 2 Chronicles 20, 21, when they had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. But you realize that these are singing people, people who are singing. So they were singing praise and worship to God as they were singing and praising God. Hallelujah. So you would think that the praise and worship should be behind the army, but they went in front of the army. Now look at verse 22. And when they began to sing, that's the key. So we are talking about someone who worships God as a lifestyle and sings. It's, it's a singing person who sings worship to God. So and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. So God ambushed them as they began to praise God. And the Bible says that, and in, usually in those days when you win a war, you go and take the, plant, you, the, the goods. They might have water, they might have shields, they might have swords. So you go and pick the swords of the enemy who have fallen, and then you take it as plunder for yourself. But the Bible says that when they went to take the plunder, Let's get that. I think it's verse 26. So when they went to get the plunder, the interesting thing was that they found, you, you can find it, they found jewel, precious jewels, precious jewels on the people's bodies and they stripped the precious jewels from them. Think about it. How can someone go to war with precious jewels? Because the riches and the blessings of the, 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 um, the wicked are laid up for the righteous. I'm still waiting. Yes. And Jehoshaphat and all the people. So 2 Chronicles 20, 25. And, Jehoshaphat, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for, for themselves more, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil because it was so much. This is what happens to people who bless God, who worship God, and who praise the Lord. Can I have an amen? Then we also talked about the fact that in Acts, the Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says that as they began to praise and to worship the Lord in the church, the Lord spoke to them to separate Paul and Barnabas. Then we also talked about the fact that when Paul and Silas were in jail and their backs were bleeding and they were firmly secured in, in the prison because they were, the jailer was told that, look, these people must be held firmly and secured so that they charged the jailer to hold them firmly. So they were put in the inner dungeon and they were fastened. But the Bible says that they began to sing psalms unto the Lord. As they began to sing psalms, what happened? The Bible says, and the other prisoners were listening. Then there was suddenly an earthquake and the, everyone's bands were loosed and the prison doors opened. Think about it. Before they began to sing, nothing happened. They were fastened in their chains. They were secured. Their backs were bleeding. 
Now you and I might have said, God, we're serving you. We cast out an evil spirit from a young girl. We, we're serving you. How come we are now bleeding? How come you didn't protect us from being whipped and now we are in jail? How come? So sometimes serving God can even send you to jail, like that pastor who was sent to jail. Pastors have been sent, even in Brazil, there's a pastor who was sent to jail because of jealousy from, from one of uh, a few churches. Hallelujah. So, so their backs were bleeding. So many of us would say, but how, God, how can you do this to me? I'm serving you. How can you put me in jail? How can you allow me to go to jail? No. That's not what happened. What a blessing. The Bible says that as they began to sing, God opened the prison doors after an earthquake and everyone's bands were loose. That's why sometimes as you begin to praise and you begin to worship God, sometimes you are delivered from captivity. You are delivered from bondage. You are delivered from addiction. You are delivered from so many things. Delivered from evil spirits. Whatever it is, you are delivered because you are worshiping God. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. So praise and worship is very, very important because it touches God's heart. One thing that can touch God's heart that you can be sure of is a life of worship, a life of praise, living a life of praising and worshiping God. So the Bible says that as they were worshiping God, this happened. I want to encourage us to be worshipers of God. This is the, actually, this is the most important out of everything I'm about to say, at least one of the most important, this and the next one, that when you are a worshiper of God and you praise God, God sees the great worth you place on Him. And He honors you for that. There is no one who lived a life of worship who was not honored by God, who was not blessed by God. So that's the first, very, very important. And we are talking about expressive worship. Expressive worship. Hallelujah. Number two. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, verse 10 to verse 12. Deuteronomy. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not and houses full of all good things which thou filled, findest, fillest not and wells digged which thou diggest not vineyards or vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not when thou shalt have eaten and before, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Let me repeat verse 12 again. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of sin, out of the world, from the house of bondage to sin and to drugs, addiction, whatever it is. Let's look at verse 13. So God is saying, don't forget him. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. Hallelujah. This is very, very important. So God is saying that you and I, very important not to forget God. 
Because God will bless us in a mighty way. When he blesses us, it's important for us not to forget the Lord our God. Don't forget him. Because if you forget him, it is ungratefulness. Hallelujah. Recently, I was talking to someone and I realized that somebody who was good to me, I didn't, I realized that I didn't get a chance to, or it escaped my mind to show them goodness or to remember it. And I said to myself, ah, I've behaved unrighteously. Hallelujah. But thank God you can always remedy it. So you and I, if God has been so good to us, which we know he has, we should not forget him. We should not forget to honor him. We should honor him with our lives. We should honor him by doing something he, he, he yearns for. Number two, the ability to wait on God. The second way to be close to God is to have the ability, learn how to wait on God. Not, Lord, 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 my name is Jimmy. I can take all you can give me. Give me, give me, give me. Amen. No. Or you are, you are just praying, you are rushing. You, you, you have to work. So you wake up early and you are rushing. No. Find time. It might mean waking up an hour or two before you usually wake up. Or sleeping an hour or two earlier. But it is very important. Everyone can make a way. Everyone can make a way. Because it is very important. The Bible says that we're created for his pleasure. We're created for God's pleasure. So if we're created for his pleasure, then he must want to hear from us. Even God said, I, even I, I even I am he that blotted out thy transgression so that he could relate with us. So God blots out our transgressions because he yearns to relate with us. God loves us so much. That's why the Bible says how wide, how deep, how, how wide and deep and high is his love. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Let's start, for, use uh, ESV for this. Let's start from verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3. We're talking about the love of God. We're talking about waiting, the ability to wait on God. If you are in front of an important person, you will learn to wait. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, meaning your spirit to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that ye being, that ye being rooted, and grounded in love, you going? I'll tell you when to stop. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. That's it. So the love of Christ is so high. The love of God is so vast. It's infinite. 
it's infinite. That's why his life, God's life, was given for you and I. What shall a prophet, shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So it's very important. God loves us. He's even numbered the very hair of our head. He's numbered it. Every single, he knows our stature. He knows every detail about us. And all he wants is to be able to talk to us. He wants, he, he wants to know that we really want him. That's why the Bible says, I am a God that hideth myself. God is a God that hideth himself. God sometimes will dodge you so that you search, just like a father or mother who is playing with their baby, the, the, the child they love. And the, the father is hiding, hiding, six, so the child will find the, the father or mother. As soon as the child finds them, then they carry the child and hug the child. That, that, that God, the Bible says, God is a God that hideth himself. God said, if you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. So it is those who search for him or wait. David knew how to wait. King David. Thank God my mother made me David, my parents. King David knew how to wait. He, he, he understood what waiting is. He, he waited upon the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. So you see Peter, James, John. And David knew how to wait. Look at Psalm 40 verse 1. Psalm 40. I want to encourage you because if you, 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 it's very, very important. We need to learn how to wait on God. I pray that those watching in church, on social media, online would understand the importance of waiting. Waiting on God. Psalm 40 verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. I repeat that. I waited. So some people are praying and they pray for a few minutes. But because they didn't wait, just when God was about to say yes, I'm about to give it to you, you stopped. Why am I saying it? I think this pretty clear. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So could it be that if he didn't wait patiently, he, he, I mean, this, uh, the result will not have happened. Look at NLT for this. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me and he turned to me and heard my cry. Amplified. I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Hallelujah. So waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord is so important. I mean, think about David the king. I mean, if he could sing a sound like this, as the deer panted after the water broke, so longeth my soul after thee. As the deer panted, because water and I mean the deer needs water, so does my soul desire water of the Holy Spirit? Does my soul desire Jesus? Does my soul desire God? Look at Psalm forty-two, verse one. As the heart panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after you, 
or after thee, O God. Is that our heart? Or as the deer panted after the water brook, so long get my soul for money, so long get my soul for success. Which one is it? Oh, I want to. I, 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 I want the Lord to know me as somebody who pants for Him, yearns for Him. He can say David is not perfect, but David, that's what David wants me. He likes me, and because David desires me. I like him too. God loves every Christian. But you see what Jesus said. I, I believe it's in John chapter 14. Very, very important thing Jesus said in John. Let's go to John chapter 14. Okay, let's look at John 14. It's from 21, but let's 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 look at from verse 15. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Simple. Oh, I love you, Lord. You are seeing all the love you saw, Lord. But you don't keep his commandments. According to Jesus Christ, who is God, you don't love him. As we go on, you see that the one who has my word and does not keep it, does not love me. Verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide or remain with you forever. Continue. Even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Keep moving. Verse 19. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. 20. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and Ye in me, and I in you. Verse 21. Always important to read the context. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest, or make myself visible, or make myself open to him. Think about that. We'll go back to verse 21. Let's go to 22. There's another part. Judas said unto him, not to Scariot, it's very important to classify that because Scariot could not have asked this kind of question because he was busy stealing the, 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 uh, uh, from the money bag. Judas said unto him, not to Scariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Remember, imagine, you know, we know that the Holy Spirit lives in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, but now the Father and the Son will come and make their abode in you. And we will come in. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So, I'm talking about a special treatment. God loves every Christian. Even God even loves the world. He loves sinners. He loves everyone. He loves Christians. But there's a special love of fellowship, of, of, of togetherness, of sharing common interests, of, 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 of being close and becoming friends that God has for people like uh, who wait on him and who follow his commandments, Dif uh, uh, which he doesn't have for other believers who don't do that. I think that's pretty clear. 
verse 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but, my, but the fathers which sent me. I think that's enough for time's sake. Now use uh, NLT for verse 24. Anyone who doesn't love me will not do what I say. I think that's pretty simple. That's why it's one of my desires to do what God says. What does Jesus say? I do it. Even if it's not convenient, I do it. Even if it is to do, give someone something or do something or not do something or whatever it is. Most likely, Jesus will say forgive. Most likely, Jesus will say don't retaliate. Most likely, Jesus will, Jesus will say certain things. Jesus will say, choose love over, uh, uh, over trying to prove something. Most likely, so those are things, anyone who knows Christ will know that those are the things you choose versus fighting, all sorts of fights, and, and trying to prove. Some people love the honor of man so much that you see them, sometimes some people will be watching your Facebook or watching to find out, what to catch you at your words. Or some people would try to do all sorts of things. Some people are looking for loopholes so that they can discredit people. All that is not love. Or if you know God, you will try to be changing that. Anyone who knows God, who does that, knows it's not of God and God doesn't like it and tries their best to change it. Anyone who knows God knows that you, you can't be close to God and not feel guilty that, look, I need to change certain things. The one who doesn't fornicate but is prideful, betrays, lies, not walking in love, compare to someone who is in sin, of course, sin is sin, in sin, but doesn't want the sin and is trying their best to walk in love and to, 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 to stop lying. You find out that the second is better. Look at the tax collector and the Pharisee. I'm not fit to look up because I'm so sinful versus the booty guy. Jesus said that the one who was the sinful one who couldn't look up to God, he went home more justified. So, very important that you and I understand that we are to edify. You see, we are talking about the one who keeps his commandments of love. We are still talking about waiting on God. We can, you, you, even the ability to wait on God and get a certain closeness to God will not be there if you don't do certain things. Yeah, it, it will not be there. Because we are talking about a certain person who yearns for God. Look at Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. As the deer panted, I just want to be where you are, Lord. I want to be where you are. Where are you? I want to be there. Do we say that? Or we are rather trying to defend so you see, some people, if someone is bashing God, they'll be like, oh, 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 that's not nice, that's not nice. But if someone is bashing another human being, you see how they rise against that person. 
bashing another human being is not of God. But why don't we have that same strength when people talk against God? Isaiah 14, 27. The Lord Almighty has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand moves, who can stop him? The, this message came to me the year King Azar died. Oh, yes. Do not rejoice, you Philistines, that the king who attacked you is dead. For even though that whip is broken, his son will be worse than his father ever was. From the snake, I hope this is, yeah, Psalm Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. Because this doesn't look like, okay. Oh Israel, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? How can you say God refuses to hear your cause? Your case, sorry. Have you never heard or understood? Don't you know that God is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows faint or weary. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Even youths will become ex exhausted and young men will give up. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We can go back to King James. But before I continue on that, it's very important for us to know that we can't greet the Holy Spirit when we are close to God. A true worshiper of God and someone who is waiting on God because they love God would want to keep his commandments. And we, we are not talking about a law. We are talking about John 13, 34, 35. We'll come back to Isaiah 14, 31. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye love one another. By this, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. John 13, 34, 35. If you have loved one for another. So the commandment of loving God, loving your neighbor, that commandment, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. I was going on outreach one day. And this was in, in, in Minneapolis. As I was on outreach, as I was talking to some of the people at the shelter, they told me that they, 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 they don't believe in Christianity. They don't believe in all that. Why? They said because of people who have disappointed them in church. We are talking about Americans, Africans, whoever you are, every continent, every nation, every tribe, every culture, you'll find people who don't want to go to church anymore because they have been disappointed by other people. Not even because the people have been sinning, but because of treachery, because of, 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 of people not loving one another. How can God make his abode in someone who is quarreling all the time? How can the father and the son make his abode on people who are fighting one another? You, it's amazing. It's amazing how some Christians act. Sometimes you wonder, and even in the church, people act like they are not serving God. Hallelujah. 
But may that not be my story or your story. Let's make sure that Jesus is the center. He is the most important. He is the one who is honored. Once Jesus is honored, that's all that matters. Once you honor Jesus, you realize that you are honoring everyone else. There is no one who can honor Jesus and be, be, be walk, not walking in love towards others. Because you honor Jesus by walking in love towards others, etc., etc. Now let's go back to uh, uh, Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Because you are waiting. What, what does it mean to wait? It means to just sometimes waiting on the Lord is just sitting down, taking your time. You are standing, no rush. You've made time for God and you have your Bible open and you are speaking to the Lord. That's why David said, I waited upon the Lord and he inclined unto me my sins and gave me what I wanted. So that word waiting has to be prayer or include prayer. That's why God will incline when he is waiting. So waiting on the Lord is taking your time and speaking to God. Even if you don't know what to say. You can be in the midst of people. You can, you can be, be with your loved one and just sit down. And just say one or two words. You might not have much to say. But the fact that you are with a person is good enough. You don't always need to always be talking. That's why the Bible says, be still. Who glory. Be still and know that I am God. Test and see that the Lord is God. Sometimes just relaxing. Not every time. Hey, yeah, yeah, da, da, da. Hey, it's not all the time. Sometimes just sit down and sometimes speak to God. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how, how appreciative you are for what he's done for you. And then take the Bible, read scriptures, take your time. Just sometimes spend one hour, two hours, three hours. Just relax in God's presence and speak to him. That's waiting on God. The Christians of today don't wait. There's no time to wait. Just one. Don't even read the Bible. Why? Because it's hard for everyone to read the Bible and to pray. But those who are serious, when you are serious about something, you do it. When a man is chasing a woman, these days now, or a woman is chasing a man, they, they will take time. They, they, they wait. The Bible says that Jacob, for the love which he had for Rachel, he served his uncle Laban another seven years. And seven years seemed like a few days because of the love he had for Rachel. Waiting on God is not going to be a task. That's why David said, I prefer to be a doorkeeper in God's house than to be enjoying riches with the, the wicked. I prefer to be a doorkeeper in God's house. You and I must learn to just relax. Sometimes in church, where are you rushing to? Some people, they are in a hurry to leave church. That's why our services, 10 to 12, done. We, we, yeah. It's only conventions or prayer meetings. Prayer meetings, if you are looking for time in my prayer meetings or half nights of conventions, you'll be disappointed. No, those are times to wait. But church service Sunday, today's service, Tuesday, Wednesday, we try to finish on time because people, of course, people have things to do. But I'm talking about the Christian who is rushing home to just go and relax. But I have to leave church. I have, two hours. No, it's not finished. I, I, I have to go. I have to go. Go and do what? 
why don't you just relax? Because it's not, just relax. And then, but if you have to go to work, you dash to work. If you have something urgent to do, you dash to go and do it. But you are talking about the one who is just going to sit down at home and watch TV. Why are you rushing to number one? Number two, why, why can't we just sit at home and speak to God? Have a chair or have an area. There's one of these ladies, Magdalene. She, she has a room in her house and she has some carpet. She wears, she actually dresses up in white and then she starts to pray. She starts to pray. You and I, maybe if you don't want to go to that extent, at least just get a chair or a place and relax. Say to God that my phone, I've turned it upside down. There's no texting involved. I'm not going to just sit down and I'm going to wait on God. I'm just going to spend time with you, Lord. I didn't see you, Lord, when I spent time with you today, but be guaranteed that I'll be back tomorrow. I'm not going to stop because I didn't feel your presence. I'm not going to stop because you didn't show up. In spite of you not showing up, I'll be back. And you keep praying faithfully. That's how to be close to God. You, we, need to, we need to make an effort. Our salvation is free. The effort was made by Jesus Christ, free. But to be close to God and to experience certain things from God, we need to pay the price. You want to be anointed, you got to pay the price. You want to be close to God, or I want to be close to God, got to pay the price. The price must be paid. Now, Isaiah 40, 31. Then, they that wait upon the Lord, you, you, you will not understand how your strength is renewed. You will not understand. Let me find. Let's 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 start from verse twenty nine. You 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 will, be, you will not even understand it. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Look at uh, 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 Elijah, who who uh, uh, outran the king's chariot. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, outran the king's chariot. He, he, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. So the Bible says, he giveth power or strength to the faint. He, he gives power. And the one who has no strength, he gives an increase of strength. Continue. But there's a reason. He, he, verse 31 will tell you. Even the youths. That means, even the youths. I have a family example of this verse 30. That even a young man. <laughs> My son doesn't want to hear it, but even a young man can become tired, can become tired and give up. As they are racing, they can be tired and give up, even the youths. And the young men shall utterly fall because they are exhausted. So the young man is running faster than the older person. But a point comes that all of them are tired. Look at the study. But, but okay, before 31. All of them are tired, but the young one, there is no one to increase the strength, so he gives up. But the older one, the strength is injected again, and he continues. Because he giveth strength. Look at verse 29. He, he, he increases strength. He, he increases the strength to those who have no mind. So when you and I wait upon the Lord and depend upon the Lord, our strength, as soon as our strength ends, then his strength comes in. But the one who doesn't have that, they, they, are, they are falling. Verse 31. But they that wait, as a they that wait, they that wait, 
and they that wait, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What does it mean? Because when their strength fails, then God renews it. When it's failing again, then God renews it. But it is for those who wait. When you sit down and wait on the Lord, it's like you are being charged. You are being charged. Jude one twenty. you stay here. Jude one twenty says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So we are edified, we are charged up when we pray to God, we read his word. We, are, we grow as we read his word. So you realize that you are charged up. You are strengthened. You are strengthened as you wait on the Lord. It's, 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 it's like a, an energizer as you wait on the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Their strength will be renewed. For your strength to be renewed, it means your strength went and came back. The only way you renew something is that the thing is finishing. And then you top it up. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Eagles, I mean, they soar the highest. So they will mount up them as they will soar high. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Because they are waiting upon the Lord. So I want to encourage us to wait upon the Lord. Let me quickly read these two verses. Next week we'll go, go more into them. Psalm 65 verse 4. And then James 4 8. Psalm, if I, let's read, uh, yeah, uh, uh, let's read James 4 8 first. James 4 8. Because James 4 8 comes before Psalm 65 verse 4. Or at least apply James 4 8 and then Psalm 65 verse 4 comes in. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So, number one, if you God is, is a gentleman, he's not going to force. The devil forces, but God doesn't. You, you have to make the first step. Draw near to God, and then he will draw near to you. If you decide not to draw near to God, he's waiting. He's there, ready for you. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. You have to open. So draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But there's a caution in the next verse. So that it will be easy for you to draw near to him. So that he can draw near to you. What is the caution? No, sorry. The next part B. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Number one. Cleanse your hands from sin. Your hands from shedding innocent blood. Your hands from sin, fornication, adultery, whatever it is. Uh, uh, whatever. Uh, drunkenness lies cleanse your hands ye sinners and purify your hearts ye double-minded the heart must be purified and if you and i cleanse our hands and purify our hearts and remove doubt and double-mindedness and we are focused on god and making god supreme god number one Man number two or three or four, whatever. God number one. Other people have rewritten it. Man number one. You see, they, 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 you see, many people say God number one with their lips. But their actions say man number one. Husband number one. Wife number one. Child number one. Pastor number one. Then God number two. That is what they are showing God and the world and the spirits the angels and demons or whatever. But they say God number one, but their actions show God is number two or three. 
But from today, may you and I draw nigh to God and you will draw near to us. May we cleanse our hands from sin and purify our hearts. One of the things I pray about and I pray that we pray about, God, give me a clean heart. Give me a good purified heart to work on my heart. Hallelujah. And we'll talk about this more, but Psalm 65 verse 4. So when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Then what happens? Then we are blessed. Because you see that when you draw near to God, God will draw near to you and he will cause you to approach him further. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. That he may dwell in thy court, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. So number one, you draw near to God, he draws near to you. And then he causes you to approach unto him and you are blessed. Also, how blessed is it when God decides through his sovereign grace to choose you and cause you to approach unto him? He has done that in salvation. He has done that when he gives you the heart to draw near to him. When, he tell, when, 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 when you have the interest in drawing near to God, you are blessed because he is causing you to approach. But if he is approached, if God has blessed you to have the heart to approach unto him, why don't we approach? How do you approach? Be a worshiper. Wait on him. Wait on God. Don't wait on man only. Wait on God first, a man. What does it mean? There is a crisis. I first speak to God. When God solves a problem, because I prayed, I just need to pray about it. Once I've acknowledged him, then I talk to a man or woman. I have, uh, uh, my, my, uh, uh, there was a time I had to decide, make a decision. I had to make a major decision. So I asked my pastor and he said, Pray to God so that God will tell me what to tell you. But unfortunately, many people don't do that. Many people will just say, okay, God has spoken to me. God speaks to me for you. So God will speak to me. That's what, so God will speak to me. And when God speaks to me, then God will speak to me and I will tell you what to do. That's not what this verse says. This verse says, you approach unto him. The Bible says there's one God and only one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. So it's very important for us to know God for ourselves. Approach God for yourself. Know God for you. Don't know, oh, thank God for the God of David Saki. Oh, what a pity. Why not my God, the God I know, that I know God, I've met him, my God. What do you mean the God of the Isaac or the God of whoever? No, 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 no. Know God for yourself. When you know God for yourself, because you've read his word, you've waited upon him, you've worshipped him, then God would bless you and cause you to approach unto him. And we'll talk about it next week. But And you'll be satisfied in his courts. There's satisfaction, there are blessings that come with it. I'm not a word. Just out of time. So I pray that God will give us the grace to wait upon him, to make God number one. Indeed, indeed, meaning for, for real. Make God number one in deed and in action. Make sure that you know God for yourself and you are relying on God for yourself and not relying on someone to, 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 to know God for, for you. Very, very important. And be a worshiper of God.
God bless you. Shall we pray? Father God, we want to bless your name. We want to thank you for how good you've been to us. We pray that you touch our hearts. We pray that you give us the hearts of worship for you, the hearts that love you, the hearts that seek after you, the hearts that long for you, the hearts that want to be in your presence, the hearts that have dedicated their lives to you and are desiring to wait upon you. Give us the grace to wait upon you, to depend upon you and your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, O God, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Whilst we are praying, I want to give someone an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you know in your heart that you are not born again, you know in your heart that you are far away from God, and that if you die today, you do not know whether you go to heaven or hell. I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you don't know Jesus, then I want you to repeat after me. Yes, you need to repeat it because Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we need to confess it. If you want Jesus, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins <clears throat> and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father God, we thank you for those who have given their lives to you. We pray that you keep them, you preserve them in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed, but take it very seriously. Worship the Lord. Wait upon him. Learn to wait upon God, and God will bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Just before I let you go, let's take out an offering. The Bible says, if I, uh, the Acts of the Apostles, says that uh, uh, we know that the Lord Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So I don't need to say too much about it. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus also said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall God cause men to give unto your bosom. Hallelujah. So give out a good offering. You can text to give. Text give, meaning that just in your text, G-I-V-E, give, to 817-826-9772. 817-826-9772. Hallelujah. Just text give to it and God will bless you. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to give, to support your church. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for 
multiplying the seed. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Let me share a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for everyone watching. We pray that God will keep, Father God, keep each and every one of us. May you bless us. May you protect us. May you keep us from evil. Deliver us from evil. We pray, oh God, that you draw us near to yourself. For our, our, our nearness to thee, oh God, is for our good. May you satisfy us with good health and long life. May you preserve us. May you keep us and deliver us. Deliver us from evil. We pray that your hedge of fire and protection will be around each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God bless you, those online. I want to say God bless you. Thanks for joining. And I want to encourage you to just share, share with your friends. This is very important to be close to God. But God bless you once again. And shalom, shalom until next time.